Hello and welcome to the Side Hustle Success Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Horns, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Taylor. This is a show for anyone who has a product or business idea and wants to go full-time on it eventually, or maybe you already have. This is a show about product design, entrepreneurs, freelancers, contractors, free agents, digital nomads, and anything in between. In this episode, we're going to talk about the no-code movement. Yeah, should be a good one. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds like kind of <laughs> yeah. ominous. I know, might, might alienate some of our, our listeners. Yeah, if you're a software developer, please don't <laughs> hit stop yet. We will explain. Uh, cool. So, what have you been up to, Karen? Yeah, um, I've started working in this really cool like co-working space in, in Derby. I mentioned it earlier. It's, it's called Cubo, and it's it's really quite hip. Okay. And it's 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 great. They've got in the morning have like a brister that will make you coffees and stuff. It's really nice, and also. The big selling point is they do free beer. Not that I've ever had a beer there, but right, you, can, okay. you can just grab a beer if you want to. You know, I think at the moment they've just got bottles of beer, um, but I think in the future they're going to have like a, a tap, you know, like we work or something like is that. It, is it proper hipsters? Yes, like go oh, dress, yeah, get yeah. to dress as a lumberjack and have a beard. Yeah, no, no, that does help. I think <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like um, yeah, I don't want to be harsh, but do you know, like um, you ever seen The Apprentice? The show on that. I think some of the people there would be quite at home on that TV show. I don't know if that's a good thing okay. or a bad thing. No, it's quite nice though. The people are all lovely there, and it's um, it's really hip. It's it's just it's nice. It's nice and light. It's really high ceilings. It used to be an old post office, but back in the day when post offices were. Quite oh, I think, I, I think I know where you mean. Where it is now? It used to be a, a bar called Coty Wild back in the day, and it was something else. Yeah, I think I know where you mean. So is it actually it's quite in, in the centre of Derby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know where you'd have to come yeah. round actually. Okay. Like, so you'd have to pop round if you ever in Derby. How, how does it work there? Do you have to like book a certain amount of time, or can you just turn up? Uh, no, you have to pay m- monthly. Like okay. full time, they don't do like day passes or anything like that. I, I don't think they do. I think you can do like a trial or something like that. So if you just wanted to try that out, you could do a free trial. Hmm. Um, so you could book that. But I think generally they they want you to sign up. But it's not because I did it early on. Cause it's only just opened. I got quite a discounted rate. Okay. So it's quite it's quite reasonable. What's what's the normal rate? Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, I I paid one one fifty plus VAT. Um, okay, that's pretty reasonable. A month for like four, which is pretty good for saying that you get like your, all your drinks, everything included, biscuits, mm. fruit, and, and beer, and etc. If you want it, you do know. you get a fixed assigned desk to you, or do you just pick a desk? And uh, no, you just pick a desk. They have got like I think upstairs they have got like a fixed desk area, but I'm just in the main sort of hot desking area okay. where you just. But there's there's loads of space, loads of comfy seats. It's really awesome facilities, great internet. It's just really really nice actually. Um, yeah, because that's, that's what I did when I first started working in Quantford. I hired a fixed desk. Oh, you had that. Yeah, that wasn't that much more expensive. Yeah, yeah. I think so. you, I think you can there, but um, it's. I think the downstairs. I think it's more upstairs, but I think you might be on your own upstairs. I'd rather be hot desking with all the other people, you know. Yeah. So oh, that's come to that. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Um, well, some to um, oh, we, we we were a bit annoyed because um, a few months ago we booked a holiday in Italy, northern oh. Italy, and uh, and uh, northern Italy. Yeah, northern Italy. Yeah, it's it's just down the coast from Venice, which is one of the regions that's been really really hit by. By COVID nineteen, so um, so again, we've only paid the deposit, so we're going to wait and see what happens. But it's not until okay. July, so hoping it's going. July, I do. I reckon, reckon it'll be all right by then. I don't. Yeah, I, I think, I think with the see. measures they're taking over, there, I reckon it will. Well, I reckon there'll be no one left to infect. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're on lockdown now, aren't they? I think that they're, they're sort of like trying to contain it now. Yeah, they've quarantined sixteen million people. That's wow. Well, that's that's, I know, that's, that's 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 crazy. But I suppose that's what you got to. Do you want you to contain that that kind of thing? Give it time. We'll be doing that soon. We'll be recording um, these over Skype soon. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's a good thing about us. I guess with both of us, we can work from home or, or wherever. So there is, you know, hmm. for our businesses. Although it's bad, you know, what's going to happen with the economy or whatever, we don't know. But for me personally, I can still keep 
you know, keep being productive even though we can't get it. The other thing I'm working on is um, we're working on like brochures as well. We've made our own brochure. Okay. Um, so well, like it, a printed brochure. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit amateurish because we we just printed it on a laser printer on really decent white sort of cardi type paper. Yeah. But it looks really decent. We've spent a lot of time with the copy trying to get it right. We're, you know, I think previously mentioned that copywriter's book. Yeah. In a previous episode, we've sort of obviously followed the process there. We sort of refined it. And it's it's quite a nice copy. So we produce these sort of brochures, and then we've done some little. Um, uh, like compliment slips, and we're going to do like handwritten notes. I've started writing those out this morning. Okay. Actual handwritten notes, which is Pretty nice. Good. And then we'll we'll post those, and we'll get we'll get like a list of architects and start start posting those out. So that's, that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Steve? Uh, so January, I did a fair bit of travel. So I went to NDC Security in Oslo, and then NDC London the week after, which is yeah. where I suppose you try and try and get away. Can we still get out while I can? Yeah. So I did those conferences, which was quite nice. Um, this week. Um, so what we're recording on Monday the 9th. So this Friday I'm supposed to be flying, well, was supposed to be flying to Seattle mm. uh, for the Microsoft MVP Summit, which is like an entire week of Microsoft basically telling us what they're working on, which okay, sounds yeah. quite cool. And then I was going to fly back to Heathrow and then go straight to Pluralsight Live in London. Mm, yeah. Uh, but all those plans are, are kind of off at the moment. So the MVP Summit's been cancelled. Yeah, okay. Which is... I can't understand why it's in Seattle and they, they had a sort of a spate of infections and deaths over there. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And from Microsoft's point of view, I mean, it's like you know, several thousand people all flying into Seattle. From mi- different parts of the world, yeah. To mix with their staff. <laughs> to spread, spread, <laughs> spread any kind so, of ailments. So they made decisions to cancel it, but all, all credit to Microsoft, um, they're kind of pivoting at the very last minute and they're turning it into an online uh, virtual event. Oh, that's event. nice. At least they've tried to keep keep something going there. Yeah, so so you know, we're still gonna get all the content that we're gonna get, which is mm. pretty cool. But the fact that they can just turn around and, and logistically do this at the last minute is, is quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, and then obviously Pl- Pluralsight Live, um they've not actually officially cancelled the event yet, but I sort of spoke to my wife and decided not to go. Yeah, yeah, I can just, just that, yeah. Some, you know, stay away from some large events. So the next thing I've got is actually at the end of April, which is MDC Porto, and I have no idea what's happening at the moment. Yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah. I'm just going to assume I'm going and then make a decision near the time. Mm, okay. Uh, so what else have we doing? So I've been releasing a few Skillshare courses. Okay, I, think yeah. I think I've released four since the new year. Wow, okay. Which is good. Um, they're doing fairly well. Yeah, they, they're out there then. People are... So yeah, they're, being, they're being watched, yeah, and I've got a few more that I'm working on at the moment. So I'm, this week I'm going to do one on how to edit podcast episodes using a tool called Ableton Live. Oh, cool, yeah. So actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this episode that we're recording now. It's going to be your example, is it? But when I when I actually edit it, I'm going to record it all, film myself editing it. Oh, cool. Which will be quite, quite good fun, so I'm going to do that tomorrow. Uh, the book's going well, but I'm a bit behind where I wanted to be. So I had a load of stuff sent over to my editor, and she's you know, done done the work on all of that. The rest of that second part of the book is actually is drafted. I just need to go and do my kind of second draft edits on it before I send it to That's her. Like two thirds of the way through. A bit more team. than that, actually. So I started drafting part three, which is going to be more about marketing and branding and all that sort of stuff. But as I started okay. planning the content out, it didn't feel big enough to be a whole part as such. So I've con- consolidated. Can't even say the word. Consolidated it a bit, and that's now just going to be. A part of part two. As, ah, okay, yeah. So, yeah. which means I'm actually closer to finishing the book, but I just need to find the time just to get those bits finished off. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, stuff I've been doing for Pearl site, like updates and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's going well. So we'll just see what happens with all this virus stuff. We won't, we won't I have know, the kids off I know, yeah. I, just, uh, I hope if you listen to this in the future, you survived. <laughs> 
dark. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know, it's terrible. <laughs> On that bombshell, let's go to okay. audience questions. Okay. Uh, so a question from someone called Jill. So uh, does a public health issue like the coronavirus cause you any concerns if it gets worse sort of from a business standpoint? Um, it's, it's, it's a trick really because I guess, I mean, and you're probably the same is, is that for me personally, you know, I can work anywhere. So I'll just quarantine myself at home and I assume you'd probably do the same if mm, you had yeah. to, you know. So from that perspective, you know, of getting things done, that's great. But I mean, my, my large concern is obviously you know the people that obviously consume your content or that buy my products or whatever is, is what happens in the wider economy if that knocks yeah. on and affects there's going to be some kind of trickle down effect isn't there you know at some point so it's all gonna i think this is going to knock on the economy i think there's going to be so i think a matter of just us being resilient with our businesses i think isn't it you know in terms of having low yeah. overheads you know and, and those kind of things but i don't know what your thoughts on this I mean, for are. me i mean it, it impacts me on some of the travel that i do but if I'm honest, a lot of the travel I do is about kind of promoting the courses I've done. Yeah. So when I was at NDC Security in Oslo in January, I mean, that was a paid trip because I was doing a workshop. Yeah. So that, you know, I was actually going out to be paid for that one. Some of the stuff I've got coming up is just that normal conference appearances. So I'm not actually going to lose revenue from doing that. It's it's more you're not going to be able to market. You know, yeah. So that, that's, that's the impact your, your from courses, that. Yeah. I think the only thing that, I, that worries me is, is what would happen with the value of the dollar versus the pound. Yeah, and I, I did I, mention I, this, but I guess this probably would impact all currencies. When it's, it's it would do, yeah. But I mean, because I get paid in US dollars, so I guess, you know, I have no idea what, yeah, that, what that's going to be like. It's a tricky one. I'm hoping that, I don't know if this, I mean, there's probably opportunities as well, because it might be if people are stuck at home, they might want to go and learn something or have more time to... That's a good View point. Courses, if you're in uh, quarantine, please look look me up. On yeah, Pulsars. yeah. Look up, look up, look up Steve's courses and content and books and uh, yeah, well, it could be, couldn't it? You know, like the mm. same with perhaps possibly my product. People might be stuck at home and they're looking for things to do, and they could check out my software products or you know the, the yeah. things that I do. You know, and same with your content. So there might, I mean, there might be a bit of that. I know it's hard to say, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, from a day to day uh, point of view, I mean, like yeah, I, mean, I can work from pretty much anywhere. So I, th I think there's going to be some kind of it's going to affect the economy at some at some point, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, if if we have to do a you know two week isolation, I can just work from home. If I end up getting ill, I'll take a bit of time off. You know, I mean, um, so what would the worst case scenario be for, for you then? Do you think worst case scenario is if we do what Italy's doing at the minute, where there's like a mass um, public quarantine and then the kids are off for yeah, a month that might, or might two make months or however yeah, long it is. I mean, school, yeah. You know, I'll be able to carry on writing the scripts for the courses and building the slides. Recording them would be tricky, but I mean, I could re record them in little bits. So, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm not that worried about the impact, to be honest. I'm trying to think, like, would it reach a point where that, say, companies would scale back their spending on training, and then they might not? Well, I mean, this is online training, not physical in-person training. So, if anything, I reckon, not that I have any insight, but I reckon people might actually take out more subscriptions to things like this because you haven't got people you know, oh, there, there's, there's yeah. no face-to-face -face contact with it, is it? Online, it might it might in some ways it might benefit online businesses and potentially yeah, potentially i mean i have no insights as a, yeah as, as a gut feeling maybe yeah I, 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 i'm hoping that it doesn't i'm hoping that obviously it just all flames out and everybody you know the, the virus because it's it's a two what do they call it, like a two-week gestation period what do you call it two-week Oh, before Simpson show. Yeah. Oh no, I think if you if they tell you to quarantine yourself for like two weeks, don't they? If, mm. if you if you've got the illness or, or self, what do they call it? Self. Self isolation. Self isolation. Yeah. So I'm guessing if everybody in the whole world just quarantined themselves for two weeks, would it be okay, wouldn't they? You know. 
You're the force. I, mean, I, 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 I guess, well, I guess, I guess that's what what they're doing in Italy. I mean, they're like, you know, we've, we've got a big problem in the north of Italy. Let's just try and keep everyone at home. Keep everybody so they let, can't let, spread the disease, and then they'll they'll just they'll run its course. And let, then it, let it burn out. Yeah, yeah, hoping. Yeah, that I mean that might happen. I think that's probably that's probably bad in terms of like logistics of having children at home. You know, if they don't go to school and stuff. You know, that's yeah. I mean, I know they've discussed the possibility of closing the schools, but then the problem we've got is. You know, we've got the National Health Service. If you suddenly have all the children off, then you've got yeah. doctors and nurses who need to I know be off as well. saying that because obviously they've got children, so they can't be off work. You know, they need to work, don't they? So their kids need to go somewhere. So you know. I, I can quite see the government saying, you know, work from home if you can, or maybe enforce it. They might put restrictions on public transport mm. and ban all large events like conferences, sports events. All yeah, that sort of all that kind of stuff. I, yeah, I can see that happening before schools getting shut. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. We'll, we'll see. I'm, we'll just, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. We just have to carry on, carry on regardless, don't you? I think that's all you can do. You've got to keep stay positive and keep going. Yeah. Okay. Next question from Pete. So um, there is a saying that you shouldn't turn a hobby into a job as it ceases to be fun. What are both your views on this? Um, do you know? I I think it does to a certain extent. I think when it's you, if you have a hobby, it, it's more fun than doing. If you're doing a job, it becomes less fun. If you say if your hobby becomes into your full time full-time job I think it can and I think there was the problem the good thing about a hobby is if you turn it into a job you can always have another hobby yeah and you can you can have other side projects and you can do other things you know so there's opportunity when you do your own if it's your own business the opportunity not just to do that you can go on and mm. do keep keep you keep recycling old ideas or keep coming up with new ideas and do new things yeah and I guess if you turn it keeps it fresh doesn't it a little bit do you think or yeah no I agree with that I mean if you turn a hobby into a job and it does well then that's obviously one good thing. But if you turn a hobby into a job and it doesn't perform as well as you need it to, yeah, I, I think that could kind of sour the taste a little bit of your hobby. Yeah, can, yeah, can. It's always it's always tricky. Sometimes you get people that like enjoy baking cakes or something, and then when you and when you, if you're doing that for fifteen hours every day, it kind of stops being fun, yeah, doesn't it? You might know, be, it won't be fun after a while. Um, but then you then you can always go and do something else, can't you? Know, so it's yeah, it's a trick one, really. I think it, I don't know. It depends. Sometimes you might just it might be your you turn your hobby into a job and you love it, you know, some people. Yeah, one of my jobs is, uh, not, not jobs, one of my hobbies is uh, <laughs> job <laughs> sitting on the sofa relaxing and binge watching Netflix. I'm not, <laughs> sure, I'm not sure I could turn that into a job. Uh, yeah, it could be review, review TV shows or something, I don't know, but yeah. Oh yeah, review, <laughs> good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I, that, I wouldn't say there's any rule that says you can't turn a hobby into a job, but yeah, I mean, if you, 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 do, just, it, if you just, do it day in, day out, it could. Yeah, perhaps just try it and see what happens, you know, um, or, or just do it, do it as a hobby and... Perhaps if you don't want to turn it into a job, just keep it as a hobby. You know, you don't yeah. have to turn it into a job, do you? You know. I don't know. A lot of my friends and sort of colleagues, ex-colleagues, you know, their hobby is software development, and they do do that as a job. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although yeah. a lot of them do complain about their companies quite a bit. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to today's show topic, which is the no-code or low-code movement. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'd never actually heard of this until you mentioned it several episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, it's something that I've sort of... Yeah. Sort of and you mentioned it, and I was like, yeah. what was that? And then that kind of made me go off and Research. read up on it a bit. So, what is no code? So, it allows people with no coding experience to release an online-based business. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will start off with a disclaimer. Because... <laughs> All the developers can be Because <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people that listen to this have kind of come from... You know, areas that I've sort of taught in before. So there are a lot of software developers who, who listen to this show. Yeah. So I'm not saying, or we're not saying, that all of your jobs are redundant in this episode. <laughs> not, 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 just, not just yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. Oh, uh, yeah. So, but we are talking about the, you know, if you have an idea you want to do for business, but you don't have software development experience, 
you've actually got quite a lot of choices out there to help you build Products. Yeah, yeah, it might be something just get to get, get your hands dirty. It might be just somebody who's not technical to get an initial product out there, and then obviously as the product grows or they've tested the idea out, they might want to get a real developer to sort of build something bespoke or yeah. you know special or whatever you know. And really, it's kind of the idea of no code has been around for a while in a way. Can you look at just a typical blog that you might get like WordPress or yeah, yeah, for sure, or, yeah. or one of the other ones like Ghost Blog or anything like that? I mean, you know, they don't really require you to do any coding. Yeah, yeah. But they allow you to, you know, install plugins and yeah. I mean, there's things like there's obviously WordPress has been out for a, a long time now, and obviously it's got all the the plugins, so you can go and do extra things, you know, without having to code anything. Yeah, I mean, I my my blog's on WordPress. Well, there's two, isn't it? There's WordPress.org and WordPress.com. Right. I think WordPress.org is the one you download and put it on the server yourself. And you yeah, have to maintain you, it. you can you can do that. It can be a bit of faff. Yeah. WordPress.com is for lazy people like me who just want to, just want <laughs> yeah. to sign up and say here take my money and you manage it yeah yeah <laughs> and that's what i use so and there are quite a lot of plugins for wordpress.com but it's not as rich as what you get for the one that you manage yourself yeah yeah i mean i have done i have tinkered with wordpress in the, in the past and uh, i've sort of like you know watched a youtube video on how you build a wordpress site and then you know and then gone to godaddy or whatever it is and got the you know installed mm. wordpress on on like godaddy host and all that kind of stuff so it, it it takes a bit of faff but you can do it you know you can just you know watch a youtube video that pretty much explain you know step yeah. by step how you, how you but do I've, it i've done that before in previous years but I mean, then you've got to worry about installing new versions of php and the lamp stack and it can be a bit of a pain because obviously it, things change and then you've got to update stuff and it, it's, it's a bit of a pain actually i'm not a huge fan of WordPress for that reason because there's always I've had it before where I've had WordPress sites that have been hacked and stuff and they've had to sort of change you know but this is how I've had like um, web design companies do me WordPress sites and, right. and then we have to go and change stuff to make it more secure and it's a bit of a bit of a faff and you've constantly got to update it yeah I mean for my blog you know, I use wordpress.com so they all of the upgrading and management of it and security they, deal they with that, manage yeah. it I also pay for a service called Cloudflare Okay, which, yeah, yeah. Which is like a front-end proxy yeah, for the yeah. front of your site. We use, we use Cloudflare on our, our, our websites, yeah. Which is really good because all of their caching and sort of content delivery network stuff, which caches it all around the world, makes your site really fast and responsive. Mm, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to do anything apart from the initial setup, which, yeah. is, which is pretty good. So, yeah, so no code. I mean, there's obviously various different advantages. So it means anyone can experiment and build their own product or platform. You don't have to be a trained developer. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, you don't have to learn how to code or you can just get something out there. And Don, I know we were discussing this before, is it, you know, it allows you to launch quickly with, you know, virtually zero cost or very low cost. Yeah, very, yeah, very low cost. But you can then, you know, hire developers at a later date if you, if you want to build your own bespoke system. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good to test out ideas. I always think it's good, you know, a good way of, of trying out an idea. But generally, I mean, a lot of these services you buy, like whether it's WordPress or Shopify, and other, I mean, they are well-tested, stable platforms, yeah. by and large. Yeah, generally, yeah, they generally just work. Yeah, I mean, um, and I've used I've used Shopify before, actually. Uh, a friend of mine, she was looking to, well, she went into business with someone selling antique silverware. Okay, yeah. So I helped to set up a Shopify store, and then we, we got the nice photos taken of all the products, you know, like silver candlesticks, yeah, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, I've sort of tinkered with the Shopify before, and it, it is quite nice, isn't it? You know, how it's so easy just to get, you know, just upload your photographs, you put all the parameters in and stuff. It's, it's mm. quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. And they handle all the card card management and dispersing money into your bank account. Yeah, yeah, it's quite nice, isn't it? It's a lot easier. If you just want to test out an idea without having to pay a lot for a developer, if you're a non-technical person, it is, it's, it's a great tool. Yeah, I guess it's easy to roll out changes as well, because you're not just 
having to hand code them yourself, you just install plugins or... Yeah, yeah. Or if it's an inventory management system, you, know, you can just go on there and add products in, tell them how much you've got in stock. Mm, yeah, no, it's, it's, it does all the management, doesn't know all the stock and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I suppose there are a few, few small disadvantages to it. So, I mean, no matter what system you use, there is going to be an element of learning curve. Yeah, even with even with Shopify, you've still got to work your way around it, haven't you? And work out how to create new pages, how to add how to add um, like customize particular products and stuff. I mean, on mine, I had to because I was looking at we were doing like beam calculations, but we had this site where we could you know where you could put in your own parameters. Hmm. So we had to work out how you do that. So there's a certain amount of customization, and it, it was a bit of a pain, you know, a bit of faff. But oh, so you actually used a no-code system to do it. Early, so you actually use one of these systems to do an early version of your product? Yeah, yeah, I have done, yeah, Shopify, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And uh, we use one of the, because they've got like their own Shopify app store. So we had one of the one of the apps that you can use for like customizing your, you know, your items or whatever it is, you know, your products, you know. Um, yeah, but have you used it? Yeah, it's really good actually. It is, it is good. But I mean, the only I think we we'll mentioned about disadvantages. There's quite a few actually. Obviously, you're locked in with. So if you use Shopify or Wix or whatever it is, you're kind of locked in with that product. You can't yeah, just go you and are. change. You're, to you're it. at the whim of another vendor. So if they go out of business for any reason. Yeah, I mean, you might, in some ways, perhaps with WordPress, you, you're not to say anything because you can change, say, hosting companies or something like that. You know. But I think if you're using something like Shopify, you're kind of stuck with Shopify. You can't just say, I want to. We could do, but it'd be a big faff to go and change to you know a different a different system. I mean, you put a I noticed you put one in here in the show notes, an example of a no code startup. Yeah, so. yeah. This is a, a guy I met called James, and so I met him at an event at Nottingham University, and he did a. It's called tyfy.co, and it's it's sort of like peer mentoring for third year and first year university students. So you know where you want to you know, sort of. Uh, how you pronounce it? Is it tyfy? Yeah. Sorry, is it, is it, uh, how do you pronounce it? Is that Tyfy? Tyfy, yeah. Tyfy. Tyfy. It means third year, first year. Okay. Dot co. So it's like where the third year students mentor the the first year students, so they can use this uh, sort of mentoring system. But it's basically just a WordPress site with a with I think it's like a Buddy Buddy Press plugin. Okay. Um, but when I spoke to him, he said, "Yeah, this is just to get a product out there to trial it and get people using it. But eventually, they're gonna." Get a developer on board, which I think they have done now, and they're going to build their own custom site. Curious what BuddyPress is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just like a, it'd be a, a WordPress plugin. Oh, social networking built for you. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but there's, it, it, I think it's basically going to build like an online community. Yeah. So I think it's ideal if you if you've got a WordPress site and you can then stick in. There's lots of different plugins. You know, this is just one of them. You know. Um, you know, if you want to build an online community, you probably wouldn't have something hand coded. You'd probably just try initially try out something like this, you know, yeah. and then you can get it out. And then once it's successful, you know, you've got an audience, you know, that the idea is correct, then you can go and go away and spend a whole load of money or get a developer involved. So that's effectively what they've done then. So they've they've tested and proved the idea using, yeah. using off the shelf products and now now they know kind of what they're doing and what the business yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Now they then they can really sort of double down and, and get something hand coded that's more specific. Because the problem is well, the problem with something like this is that if you're using, um, say, something like WordPress with this kind of plugin, you're probably very, it's very generic and you can't probably customize it and do lots of little edge cases and things like that. You mm. know, that's the disadvantage, isn't it, of using something, you know, like no code is the, these sort of options is that you're kind of very stuck. You know, for example, if 
I want to do my products in my steel beam calculator. You couldn't really do it with this because it's too much customization, you know. So I imagine you've got some pretty complex maths going on behind. Yeah, the scenes, yeah. It's, it's very hard. It'd be very hard for you to build in it. And perhaps you could. With there is a product called Bubble. I think we mentioned later. Bubble.io is it? Where it's like oh, yeah, visual yeah. coding. You probably could build. Building. You probably could do something. Even then, it's probably quite difficult because you've got so many different edge cases. Um, but that's just an example. I think people could look at that and then think, you know, if they just want to try an idea out, but without having to code it um, and just get something out there quickly, especially mm. if you're not a coder yourself. If you want to prove an idea and then you can probably get a developer. Once you've proven the concept of the business, then you can get a developer involved, you know. So would you say that there's a, the common perception is that a lot of these tools are just to get you off the off the starting blocks, but then you hire a developer later? Or do you, uh, or do you, or do you consider some of these as no, a No, not always. Solution? I think uh, some of them might be a permanent solution. It, it just depends, doesn't it? Um, it depends on the escape. I think it's hard to say, isn't it? I think if you want to do any degree of any complexity, I think you're going to have to sort of do something, and that's when developers come, come into their own. But I think... Because when I release the Path to Freedom book, there's a couple of no-code type solutions that I'm going to use for that, and I'll, I'll cover them in a bit. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I, was, I was considering them more as permanent solutions as opposed to temporary. No, they they could be. Yeah, it just depends on, on on what it is that you're doing. I don't see why not. If if it if it fits, you know, just keep going. It's just if if you want to do more with it and that you're kind of stuck. If you've reached the limit of what you can do, mm. no code. You know, it might reach a point where, or even for example, if you do if you do WordPress, WordPress is basically PHP, isn't it? So you yeah. could you could customize WordPress, couldn't you, to a certain extent? There's probably options, isn't there, with some of these, you know? And even with Shopify, I think they've got their own language. I think it's called Liquid. So you oh, can okay. go in and like, you can code stuff in Shopify and customize probably more than you think. That's, using that's, that's their... quite impressive. And I guess you can always hire people, freelancers. Yeah, to do yeah, you probably you have well. people that are, are like Liquid developers. I think it's Liquid or whatever it is. They have their own code, okay. basically. So what, what I did when putting some of these notes together, I went through the sort of different business categories and kind of looked at what the options were out there. So I've put this list in the show notes. Okay, yeah. If anyone yeah. wants to play with it. So we've got online shops, blogs and content management, online education, visual development, um, business process automation. Okay, yeah. I found quite an interesting one. I had no idea how it actually works. No. I'm not very good at business process automation, but it looked, <laughs> looked interesting. So online shops, I mean, so I think Shopify, is, as we've... Yeah, we've mentioned it a few times. It's probably one of the big ones. Yeah, I think as far as I know, it's probably the biggest sort of e-commerce platform. And I've done I've done research on this before because there's different types of businesses that you can do called uh, drop shipping. Yeah, yeah. Which is where you have a, a an online store built in Shopify. So you know when you get all these adverts that pop up in like Instagram for some, okay, for some yeah, like yeah. weird gadget, and you yeah, order yeah. it. And it, take, it basically takes you to Shopify store, and generally what what happens is. That order then goes through to some place in China. Oh, and it's made, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, AliExpress, where they, they package it up and then they ship it out directly to Because I've ordered things from these things before, and it always takes about three or four weeks for these things to arrive. Yeah, they're coming straight from the yeah manufacturer, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so a friend of mine uses <sighs> to set up a, a silverware antiques selling business. Yeah, I remember you saying, yes. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think it's around anymore, but I think they did quite well at the time. Because uh, the friend, her friend owned like an antique shop. They always struggled to sell a lot of the silverware stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they decided to put it all online. And I think they managed to shift most of the stock. And I think once they'd sold it all, they just yeah closed it, took it down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got things like big commerce as well, which is one I hadn't heard of before. Yeah, I think that's similar, sort of a rival to Shopify. Yeah. Oh, is that their main rival? Is it? 
I think there's there's others, but yeah. Um, I think like Wix do a commerce thing now. There's Wix Commerce. There's yeah, I'm pretty sure about things like Shopify, you can sell digital goods as well, not just physical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some other ones I've heard, I said Magento and WooCommerce, they seem to be quite big, and 3D yeah. carts. I think WooCommerce, they do do they do like a WordPress plugin, don't they? I think that's primarily what they... I think so, yeah. They do more, but yeah, yeah. So it's yeah sort of, e- e-commerce platform for WordPress. Yeah, so that's quite, quite big, yeah. So if you're using WordPress, that's probably a plugin that you'd love to use. I can imagine all these uh, software developers listening to this, shouting at their, uh, <laughs> shouting at their uh, phones or whatever they're listening to us on, going, "Stop saying WordPress." Through WordPress, <laughs> a lot of developers don't like WordPress. I must admit, for some reason, I, it's okay. I, I don't mind it, but it, it's it's um, when I've used it in the past, it's, it's a lot of maintenance and it can be a bit of a pain. Yeah, I mean, I've got my blog hosted on it, but it's just just because it was easy. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it's built for, isn't it? Blogging, so yeah. Yeah, which leads us on to blogs and content management. So WordPress, again, yeah. Wordflow. There's one that I'm actually going to use. There's one called Squarespace. Yeah, so there was a really nice looking sort of sites, don't they? They're pretty the good. They, they let nice. you build, you know, product websites, blogs, online stores. Um, I know when I've seen other people's Squarespace sites, they always look really nice. You know, the templates must be really nice. The designs are nice, aren't they? Yeah, so I was going to use it for the main product site. But then try and hook in kind of like an online community into it as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then have a thing where I can sell physical copies of the books as well, so I can sell directly as well as just through Amazon. Mm. No, it looks really nice actually. So, I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a trained software developer. I could quite easily write my own thing, but I don't want to. So yeah, it's just speed, it's isn't it? Yeah, it's speed, isn't it? I'm sure all these new code solutions employ lots of developers, so, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wix is another one as well, which seems to be quite popular. I've used I've used Wix. It's great actually. I like they've got like a drag and drop sort of thing. You know, we mm. can create, you can really customize sites, and it, it, the designs look great. You know, I I, I was sort of tinkering where it was just a blank template, and you could put in your own stuff, and it at all it sorts out. You know, the mobile optimization all that it looks great. You know, okay. it does it. It's really clever. Obviously, a lot of these services you have to pay for. So it's probably some kind of like monthly subscription that you have yeah, to. Yeah, I think Wix you do. You can get a free one, but it gives you some really janky like URL domain name. You know, so if you want your own domain and to have it optimized for search engines and extra features and stuff, you have to obviously pay for that. Yeah, so uh, online education marketplaces is quite a big thing at the moment as well. Obviously, it's an area that I'm invested in. Yeah. So I've got things like Skillshare because Skillshare is a public website; anyone can upload content to it. Um, Udemy, similar thing, different different business models. So Skillshare is more of a, a revenue royalty model where you get paid based on the number of minutes viewed. Okay. Yeah. Whereas Udemy is slightly different. So you actually, if you want to buy a course on that, you physically pay for the course. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've bought a few courses through. Yeah, and then there's another one called Teachable.com, which is where you can actually set up a full training website. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually thinking of using this. So when I release Path to Freedom, I want to do a, a big online training workshop as well. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it'd be like a big course, you know, maybe like eight to eight to twelve hours long. But then that would be hosted through Teachable, so you can you can pay to get access to that course. Yeah. But then I was also probably going to put the full version on Udemy and charge a similar sort of price for it on there. But then I was going to do a whole series of miniature, smaller courses that are more suitable to Skillshare as well. Yeah, I think all of these solutions they they just buy your time, don't they? Really, it means it saves you t- having to, you know, if you've had to build your own version of Teachable, it would take. Oh, it'd be an age, wouldn't it? Be a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Pluralsight, I mean, they they've got customers all over the world. I mean, they've built their own custom platform for doing all of this. And it's, yeah, 
but you have to build your own version of that. It's just to, yeah, it's to, that, that's where this all comes into its own, doesn't it? All these kind of solutions. So next one then is uh, visual developments. So either no code or low code. So, yeah. so what we've looked at so far are just basically off the shelf products that provide you a service. Yeah. Me. Whereas these ones here are kind of more actual tools that you could use to build build software, but not actually have to learn, you know, C sharp or Python or JavaScript. Yeah, or yeah. So the first one, and you mentioned it before, is Bubble.io. Yeah, I've been looking at this. It's not every time I've looked at it, it's, there's kind of still quite a lot of work you have to do to build something. There are like templates you can buy and stuff. It all looks really, really good actually, but I've yeah. just not found a particular use case. I think if I had a particular project that I thought might say benefit from using Bubble, I'd, I'd keep meaning to look at it, but. It reminds me of that kiddies programming language you can get. What's it called? Scratch. Yeah, where I think we, it's a bit we, like we, that, we, yeah. put, we put the little blocks together. Um, it does look really nice, actually. I think, um, I know like you were saying, like if you want to buy like a template and stuff, it's quite cost effective. And like to get a developer that knows Bubble, it's probably a lot more cost effective than a traditional Yeah, sort of there's development somewhere language. on their website, where are they? So if you scroll down to the bottom of the website, they've got agencies and they've got lots of different companies around the world that you can hire to build um, solutions for you. So. Obviously, this is very similar to just hiring a normal software development agency. Yeah. But some of the ones I looked at, um, you know, their, their argument is, well, we, we will build a solution for you in Bubble. Because it's simple or simpler, they, they can manage the whole process for you and then hand it all over to you. Yeah, yeah, it just looks... And it just the, look. the, the cost to market is a lot more cost-effective and shorter than it would be if you had someone, you know, building a site in ASP.NET or PHP. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that. So it, I think in that that respect, it it looks. So if you need something a bit more complex than what, say, any of these other services could offer, I think this is probably a good way to go. Yeah, <clears throat> bit interesting. You, you should get your uh, business partner to <laughs> to have a go to, to do a proof of concept and see if you can replicate some of your processes. Yeah, in Bubble, it would be quite quite good. I'd, I'd like to look. Uh, there is actually, I'm thinking about doing it at some point in the future doing a new business and I think it would be nice to sort of use no code to at least test an idea out. Okay. So um, so I think the next next business I do, it'd be nice to actually um, partner with somebody who's say a marketer but not necessarily a technical person and use no code to at least prove a concept and then mm. if it, it becomes successful then you perhaps look at sort of doing a, a more permanent coded solution, you know. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the marketing for Bubble, they're not they're not pitching it as you use this to build your prototype and then build a real one later on. They're using it as yeah, you, could, you, you build a full fair, solution. Probably, probably Bubble is probably a more well-formed solution than say like a website builder like Wix or something like that because it probably can do more customization. So it probably does make more sense actually to use Bubble as a as the professional tool. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. When you, when you look at their pricing plans, so you have got Hobby, which is just free. So I guess if you just want to have a little play with it, yeah. Play with it. If you want to build a personal site with it or a personal system with it, it's £25 a month. But then they've got down here for professional or production. So it looks like they, they handle all the hosting for you. So if you go to their full production one, which is $475 a month. Yeah. And that gives you 10 units of server capacity, 15 application editors, 20 development versions. Yes, I guess that's kind of more of a, a robust, enterprise-y in quotes version. Full data backup, 14 days of logs, 50 gigabytes of storage. Okay, I mean, yeah, from a hosted solution, it looks fairly robust. robust. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm good, probably would investigate actually. I think I think it'd have to be. It's like anything. I wouldn't really use it unless I had to. You know, if I had a particular project and I wanted to try it on, mm -hmm. I think it would be worth. Is it something you've you've looked at this bubble? Um, well, when I say I looked at it, I've kind of read through the website. I've not actually played with it. Yeah, I might, it might, I might try actually. Um, There's quite a lot of tutorials on there. Yeah, I might but look I mean, and see. If, if I was going to look at one, um, because I'm a Microsoft MVP. I'll probably try and go down to Microsoft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah biased. <laughs> but there's one here called Power Apps. Um, again, I've not really played for it. I, I know some people that, are, that do quite a lot of teaching and stuff around Power Apps, but I think it's a similar kind of thing. It's a kind of a very frictionless way of building, oh, here we go, build professional grade apps the easy way. Okay. Is, is their tagline. Is this, is this similar to Bubble then, is it then? or? I think so. I'm, I'm, so got the idea of screens and components and linking screens together. So I think it is more of a visual application. Is this, is this for in-house within a within an organization or is it actually for, do you know what I mean? Is it what mm. say a company would use to manage their own team or resources or whatever in-house rather than forward-facing to? Or would you build a product with it? Yeah, or yeah, so I'm thinking is it? Do you know what, I don't know. I probably should have found this out before we started recording. So I know some people that are power apps experts. Overview, build apps. No, it looks like you can build some pretty feature-rich stuff with it. Just, I mean, a lot of stuff Microsoft does is kind of from the from the point of view of being more kind of enterprise and business support. So that's probably the marketing angle they've taken with it. But yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, yeah, you you got apps here with like radio buttons and. Drop down menus and I guess you can build whatever you want. It just looks very visual. Yeah, no, it looks it looks nice. Model driven development. I oh, you can do it. It's a build for external users. So I'm guessing that means yeah. Yeah. Rather than just within a team, you know, within a, an organisation. So if I was going to experiment with one, I'd probably use Power Apps in this in this instance because then I can write blog posts about it and it all counts towards my award contribution. Microsoft, Microsoft brownie points. That's pretty much how it works. You, yeah. get, you get brownie points for things you do in the community. Oh, okay, and then if yeah. you get enough brownie points, I'm not sure what the brownie points, what the number is, but if you get enough points, you... Uh, I think you have to think of a, a, an example of it, something you could use it for within your own business and then you could sort of like try it out and then just teach what you know. I'm intrigued now. I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to work out how Power Apps works. I can see myself going down a, a massive training. Training. Oh here. no, yeah, yeah. Before you know, it, next time we record, I'll be like, yeah, I've just released uh, four Skillshare courses on how to do Power Apps. Power Apps, Microsoft. What's the What's the other options then? Is there other tools out there as well? Oh, there's loads. Um, I mean, there's the one here called Lanza. L A N S A. Is that Is that similar to Bubble? Is it then, or is that um... similarish? I think. Well, let's load it up here. Low code, high control, no limitations. Wow. Okay. I mean, the, the website, look and feel of the website is very enterprisey. Yeah. You shouldn't necessarily judge a book by its cover, but it looks kind of serious, doesn't it? So, yeah, so low code platform, mobile development, enterprise integration. Okay, so this is a system that allows you to integrate in with a lot of different enterprise systems and databases and web services. But it's kind of designed to be you know, less code required. It's just got a rules engine. Benefits of visual lanza, improving data integrity, reducing app complexity. 
But it looks a similar similar kind of thing to the Marvel. Microsoft. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never I've never used it. I was just looking for no code. Yeah. No. No. It looks programming environments, and this one came up quite close to the top of the top of the list. And another one was Aware IM as well. So I'll put all these in the show notes if people want to have a look. Yeah, have, have a look. What's the what's what's aware? State of the art applications, state of the art technical. There seems to be quite a quite a flurry of these applications. And in fact, I'd say if you are a software developer, I wouldn't discount these things straight off the bat. I think it's actually worth you taking a look at some of these and just seeing what's out there on the market. Yeah, if you can speed up, I mean, if it, if it gets you to the an answer quicker. I mean, there it says ten times the speed of development. You know, things like that are, mm. are game changer. Not even for a developer, you know. So, but then you have got to look at you know how easy are these solutions to test as well. You know, how can you actually sort of test things effectively? Roll out changes. Yeah, it's just it's, it's tricky, isn't it? I think it's hard to customize, isn't it? A lot of these are quite. Um, they're probably okay if you're doing generic things, but if you want to do any kind of edge case, that's where it gets more difficult, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I mean, this uh, this aware I am is is a bit more. It's a bit more enterprising, isn't it? A bit it? more enterprising. So, if you're a developer, it costs you sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah. To buy this platform. Pricing for corporate? Do I do I dare click on that? Yeah, uh, probably expensive. I'm guessing. It'll be it'll be one of those. Please get in touch for. Uh, it's, oh, it's. No, I it's two thousand six hundred. Dollars. I think this is more for organisations that say probably want to do their own in-house like CRM or like complex like dashboards yeah, like or it, something it? like that. You know, um, that's probably what it comes into its own. Rather than having a developer to, you know, build a bespoke solution, you can use their tool, can't you? Really? Yeah, that's what it looks like. This is more if you're looking for yeah, something more enterprising. But you know, I, I think it's worth developers certainly having a look at some of these things because you never know what what the future is going to hold. There might actually be a market for being skilled. Yeah, in somebody's yeah, solutions. In, 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 yeah, it might be like, uh, say, a liquid, you know, Shopify developer, or or perhaps a bubble developer. Mm. That that'll become a thing, won't it? Um, this is my prediction, anyway. I don't know if this is true. I think within ten years, I think there'll be like a a, a company that's worth like a billion dollars that is run by one person, and it's built in no code. That's my that's my prediction for the future. That's quite a bold statement. And would though. it be you? And no, it won't be me. I can assure you, it won't be me. But somebody will will. And do if it that. is, can I be a shareholder? <laughs> I, th- I think that could happen, though. I think it, you know, with the technology, the way things are going to develop over the next sort of decade or so. But you said you've got a new side hustle idea where you might. Try oh no, I don't think it's going to be a billion dollar idea. But you know. Uh, no, but you've got an idea that you. Yeah, want to, you want yeah. To there is with. there is there is something. That I've, I've sort of been thinking about. Um, I think I'm kind of got a bit, kind of a bit. Um, well, we'll get we'll get into the next episode. As I was going to say burnt out, but I don't want to use it overused. But uh, so I think some some ways you can get over that is by doing some like a side project or something that you find meaningful. You know, mm. to find new meaning and or find something you really believe in. You know, so I think that's important. Or you know, they have value in what you do. So yeah. obviously we'll go into that into the next. Yeah, the we're, next we're covering the topic of burnout in our next. In our next episode, yeah. Next issue. Next issue. Edition. So that's like episode. a magazine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, as I say, I know a lot of software developers that sort of you know turn their noses up at these things. But I think you know, for someone who's looking to start a business and you don't have that many technical skills, like for software development skills, I think the landscape out there for you to actually spin up a business using off-the-shelf tools yeah. is pretty exciting, actually. I think I think it just gives you speed, doesn't it? It means you can get something out there quickly mm. and at least test an idea out. Rather than waste, you know, years building a product and then realizing there's no market for yeah. whatever you. I mean, when it, when it comes to blogs, content management systems, online e-commerce, 
I just can't see a need for a software developer to have to rewrite that stuff from scratch ever again. No, no. Unless, it's, unless you need to see something so bespoke. Yeah, yeah. That it's not currently on the market. It's just, you know, most developers, it's kind of their rite of passage that you, you write a blogging engine. Okay, yeah, all, yeah. All developers do it. Well, when I, was, when I was going up through the ranks, you know, one of the things you did to prove your metal was you wrote a blogging system with mm. comments and all that sort of stuff. I'll do CMS or something like that, was it? Yeah. Or something like, yeah. But for, you know, for a lot of these things, you know, I can't see a reason why, unless you're doing it in an enterprise situation where they want their own intellectual property, I just can't see a reason why a lot of this stuff would need to be built from scratch anymore. Yeah. Watch the hate mail come in. No, oh, no, yeah, no, don't, don't hate us. But, you yeah. know. I think we're just reporting what we see, aren't we, really? You know, this is the reality of what's happening in the world, isn't it? Yeah. But I think, you know, if you've got a business ID, you should certainly have a look around and sort of see what, what platforms are out there. Don't don't, okay. don't don't just think, oh, I need to hire a developer or get a developer involved. Okay, yeah. 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 No, 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 no disrespect to developers because they are my people. Yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> if you're trying to get something up and running, sometimes bringing a developer in at the beginning might actually sort of slow you down and not be the best move. Yeah, well, and so and also the developer might might look at these solutions and decide that's the best option for their client as well, you mm. know, is to go for a no-code solution, you know. It's worth looking at these options, isn't it? Looking at all the different options. Must admit, I'm quite intrigued by the Power App stuff from Microsoft. Yeah. But only because I can write stuff about it and then <laughs> <laughs> it helps with the MVP award. Okay. Cool, let's, let's move on to our recommendations then. So uh, what have you got to recommend? Um, yeah, because I've, I've started working this new Cubo um, co-working space and I had like a scruffy old sort of laptop bag and I thought, oh, it's about time I got a new super duper laptop bag. And I've got this okay. um, Google Pixel book. Um, I think they've launched a new one called Pixelbook Go, which I'm, well, I've got the original Pix, Google Pixelbook. Um, I think it's, you know, and it's really nice, but they do like a, a bag, go on the Google's website, um, they do like a bag specifically for that laptop and it's called the oh. Bell, it, well the, 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 company, the brand of bag is called Bellroy. And it's I've a, heard of Bellroy, yeah. Uh, it's a Bellroy Slim backpack, this is for the Google Pixel, but it's a really nice sort of grey colour and it's quite stylish, so I've, I've sort of bought one of those and I'd recommend it, you know. Yeah, well, I've got the picture of it on the screen now, it looks... It's uh, quite nice, it's built like with recycled nice. material, which is kind of quite nice. Uh, it looks a nice, cool-looking bag. This is a comfortable strap. So, did you was you feeling that you wasn't hipster enough? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I thought it's either that or grow a beard, and I don't really want to grow a beard. So, yeah, I, you I get one of those like neckerchief things, maybe a beret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's just no. It's it's a really nice, a nice bag, and it's nice and slim. It looks quite it, stylish. Isn't a hipster thing? You got the bag on your back, and you're like stroking your chin whilst looking up at a light. <laughs> yeah, I could do a bit of that. <laughs> cool. Nice. How much are they to buy? Oh, it says uh, like 115. It's 115 not cheap. Pounds. To be it's honest. quite expensive. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Yeah, I got it. I got it for my birthday actually because I just, I just, I just it was my birthday last week, so I bought it with my birthday money. But um, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have spent that much on a bag. I'm, I'm terrible for buying laptop bags. Um, I, I love laptop bags. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it is nice. I'm kind of fascinated by that whole concept of the everyday carry, and you know, everything has its place, and you, you've got the, all the stuff that you need. In your mobile office on your back. So oh yeah, like I yeah. Of... I like the cup sort of being semi-minimalist, and it's quite it's quite a minimalist bag. It doesn't really it has a few compartments in it, but not yeah. like overly complicated. So there's a little bit where you put your laptop, and there's a few other little side pockets, but not loads and loads of stuff going off. You know, so it's 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 not fussy. You know, cool. It's quite minimalist. Well, while we're on the subject of hipster toys, oh no, <laughs> what we got now? What we got now? So I'm um, a bit of a story around this. So. Because I was supposed to be going to well, I was supposed to be going to the MVP summit in Seattle, 
One thing I've learned with hotels in the US is that the coffee they give you in your hotel room is awful. <laughs> even, <laughs> okay. even worse than those little sachets you get in a hotel. Oh, no, here. okay, yeah. Because normally you get those like Keurig coffee pod machines and they give you a load of pods to put in it. And oh, they just, okay, They yeah. just taste like, ugh, Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Horrible. So I thought, well, I want the ability to make nice coffee when I'm in Seattle. Because, you know, Seattle's all about coffee. <laughs> I was thinking that. There's a load of nice coffee, coffee shops to go to. In. There are, yeah. But, when, you know, when you wake up at six in the morning, because I always still wake up at six, annoyingly, you just, oh, you just okay. want a nice cup of coffee. So I bought myself a little travel kettle. Okay, yeah. And then <laughs> I sounds, bought... sounds a very British thing to do. <laughs> yeah, take a kettle with you. And an iron. But I bought something called the AeroPress Go. So if anyone's not heard of an AeroPress, it's kind of like this plastic device that you screw a filter on the bottom. I can see a picture of it. Let's see a picture of it. Yeah, let's go to the website. So you kind of have this chamber at the bottom here and you screw a filter onto the bottom. You pour your ground coffee into it. Yeah. You pour water into the top of it and then you put this plunger in the top and you just gradually press the coffee through the filter. Ah, oh, cool, yeah. A bit, like yeah. A, a bit like a French coffee press. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the but filters are quite one. fine so you don't get any sediment in your cup. Ah, oh, cool. Now the beauty of this one is it, it comes in like a travel set so you get this kind of like fairly large plastic mug and then the AeroPress fits inside it and you've got your little holder for your filters and like a little lid to put on it. That's so it actually sort of folds up quite small so you can just put it in your bag or your suitcase. Ah, oh, yeah. That's look cool. And um, loads of my friends have been going on for years about how good coffee is in a, in an AeroPress. Yeah. And I was just like, well, it's just a piece of plastic. You're just plunging coffee. How good can it be? But I bought one because I thought it'd be useful for travel. And the coffee it makes is absolutely amazing. Yeah, cool. It does look really cool as well. I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's to do with how the process it of filtering. It's about, about the size of a big mug. Ah, oh, cool. But then, you know, the plunger and all the accessories just fit inside it. Do you know, I'd rather go to a cafe there. <laughs> <laughs> you would do, yeah, but when I wake up in the morning in, fair, a, in a hotel, you just, just want to have a nice cup of coffee and then, like, you know, read the news or whatnot. And so I, I bought it, but the coffee it makes is really, really nice. I, I don't know whether it's to do with the filters or the way you're applying pressure to it or what, but mm. I mean, I, I quite like a nice, you know, mild roast Colombian blend. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> to get all weird with it. But when you do it in like a normal drip coffee pour, right, it kind of it tastes okay, but you do this, you get kind of more of a fruity taste. It's, oh, okay. Hey. I've no idea behind the science of it. People were recommending it, and I thought, actually, it's not that expensive, so I'll just go and buy one. Yeah. And so I bought that and a, and a travel kettle to take with me to Seattle, and that trip's been cancelled. Yeah. But no, well, I've used it several times, it next and time. it, it makes good coffee. So, yeah, so I think between my AeroPress Go and your hipster, hipster uh, Bellroy backpack, we've uh, got full hipster credentials. Hipster, yeah. Yeah, just need a beard now. Well, you may, maybe we should recommend beard trimmers next time. Beard trimmers, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so I think that's a wrap on this episode. Yeah, yeah that's a wrap. I shall uh, see you all soon. Okay, see you then. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.